The Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VAFM 88.1. My name is Mudiwa Mob Justice Gavaz and I'm going to be your host until about uh, 8pm. Who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Uh, definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to wor- to make the world of money, uh, business and commerce exciting to you and uh, explain how it works for you and your pocket. So, uh, for today's show, it's uh, looking to be quite an interesting one uh, because it is the Last Thursday of September 2019 and as per every last Thursday now uh, we give you our brand new heavy and uh, that's uh, you know the time of the month where we like to celebrate a young person in South Africa now uh, 35 years and below who is doing other things in their uh, particular field of endeavor and uh, for today uh, we have our brand new heavy uh, that is uh, Kanyisile Madonko am I pronouncing that correctly yes you are um, Okay, cool. Uh, So we're going to be with him and we're going to be talking to him. Uh, He recently got featured on the Forbes 30 under 30. 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's Forbes 30 under 30 list. And uh, we're just going to be talking to him about what drives him. But before we get into all that... Uh, remember that you can keep in touch with us on Facebook. We are Vow FM, that's Voice of Vits. And you can also find our other Facebook page, that's uh, the Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at Vow FM, and then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. And then you can also stream us. Uh, find us on our website, that's uh, za. And remember that uh, podcasts of the Business Buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. You can tell us what you know uh, because. Uh, Kanyisile is a serial entrepreneur. He is an executive director of uh, Sakile Madonko um, Enterprises, a venture creation company with an interest in consulting food and beverages sector as well as agriculture. He is um, the head uh, of the most uh, successful division and he was recently named, uh, as I said, under the Forbes 30 Under 30 2019 list and uh, under the business category and was also appointed as executive director of legal ASAC. Yeah, it's Legal Act. Legal Act, okay, yeah. uh, which is a legal accounting firm. So that's uh, how the show is going to be looking like. We will be talking to him in just a few minutes. But before that, we're going to be giving you our business wrap. That's a part of the show. We'll give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And then we'll also give you our Buffalo Index. So that's how the show is looking like. We are here until 8 p.m. So definitely uh, make sure you don't turn that down. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business rap with Lebo Pasha. Welcome back to uh, the Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into the Business Wrap. That's a part of the show uh, where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And on the line, we are joined by our financial expert. We have uh, uh, Lebo Pasha, uh, and he's going to be letting us know about what's been going on in and around the economy. How are you, Lebo? I'm good, my dear. Greetings to you and greetings to the listeners as well. Ah, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I understand that today there have been some numbers that have come out. Uh, what's going on with that? Um, so we've got a lot of numbers coming out. Uh, we've had a busy sort of almost two weeks. Um, we've seen a bit of surprises um, from, from the inflation numbers where we've seen um, August numbers 
give us an unexpected increase up to 4.3% versus July. So it is a double surprise in July. It was quite surprising to see it dropping. And now in August, we've seen it increase. And I think it was mainly bread and cereals and housing prices that were to blame for this increase. But I think also um, another thing to watch out for in the next month or two will be the effect of what's happening in Saudi Arabia because we don't live in isolation. Everything that happens around around us in the world also affects um, our economic indicators. So the uncertainty around um, a possible war or further instability around oil supplies um, could definitely impact on uh, inflation rates going forward. But also we've had some sort of okay-ish years where um, we've had uh, um, 0.25 basis point decrease in interest rates. The MPC um, last week decided to keep rates um, level unanimously. So that's also sort of good news. Um, Yeah, so it it wasn't a bad past week all in all. Okay. Okay. Cool. And then I understand also because I think one of the big stories that's uh, come out um, is just around this uh, financial sector, this banking strike. I understand there have been some developments. It might or might not happen tomorrow. So I think, despite the the, um, um, the results from the court this 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 um, this afternoon, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty. Nobody really knows. What is going to happen tomorrow? Um, we've heard the unions um, go out and say that there's going to be huge disruption, obviously because that's, that's the impact they'd like to have um, so that their um, concerns would be heard. And we've heard the bank saying there'll be minimal disruption, and they've also encouraged a lot of their customers to rather use electronic channels. But I think the, the most interesting story behind the story is that um, looking at consumer behavior, one of the biggest issues that the unions have had and the reason behind um, the strike is um, the the big numbers of retrenchments that we've seen being announced by by the banks. Um, but um, it's a bit ironic that the strike itself is going to shift a lot of customers who previously uh, would have preferred to go into a branch <laughs> and use face-to-face services. Yeah. Those we're going to see those customers being forced now to start downloading the app and start transacting electronically on the internet and it could actually backfire in the long term. So looking globally as well, banking has definitely changed globally. I think um, this is the direction we're sort of moving um, in as well as a country where we've got a lot less uh, branch infrastructure and a lot more versatile and user-friendly electronic channels. So I think it's a bit of a losing battle. Um, but I do side a bit with the unions on the side of reskilling a lot of those workers and bring them into that fourth industrial revolution and equipping them to to carry on adding value at the banks as much as possible. I was actually about to ask, you know, what your thoughts are just around that. Like, is there any any point in continuing with the the legal the the labor action sorry um simply because as you said uh, this is not one of those situations where people are downscaling labor because they're making losses it's simply because people are trying to increase um, efficiencies simply because consumer behavior has shifted to digital platforms so you know <laughs> it's a tough one isn't it <laughs> No, it'd actually be a bit controversial. I'd say I'd say this is a case for organized labor and how unions should think going forward. Because 
Um, from my view, I feel that the action will actually backfire and and will probably accelerate some of um, the, the retrenchments that we'll, we'll probably see over the next three to five years as more branches close. Mm. And I think mm. it's, it's probably a bit of a case for, for unionists out there and future unionists out there to think about optimal ways in, in protesting that don't actually hurt um, the workers and and allow them to actually get from and, and support from the general public rather than um, compromising the position of the workers and, and having the, the workers being the biggest losers. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, euro bonds, uh, $5 billion, what's happening there? Yes, um, we've, we've, been, we've been going all over the globe. Well, our president specifically and, and some of the, the members of the executive um, uh, with, with the hats trying to raise as much capital to, to keep South Africa on its feet and to try and also fund the big turnaround in our economy because we've been promising to turn around this economy and get it back on track, get it growing again. And um, the government has raised its biggest um, round of, of, of uh, bonds at about $5 billion. And this is in, in two tranches. There's a 10-year tranche in there and, uh, and 30-year notes as well that have been, that have been um, issued. But I think the biggest story around it um, is, again, the story behind the story. It's how is this money actually going to be used? And we, we wouldn't want to find ourselves in a situation where South Africa becomes even more, in, more highly indebted um, uh, because of our SOEs and because of the issues with the SOEs, because we've seen the country throw um, tens of billions of rands at uh, trying to fix the problems at the likes of ESCOM. So every few, every three, uh, four, five months, we're seeing um, upwards of 15 billion being given to ESCOM to try and fix the situation without actually fixing the structural issues within ESCOM, which are the corruption, the inefficiencies, and and just general um, um, operate, operational um, issues with, with a lot of the SOEs. So I think that that should probably be the biggest story on how is this $5 billion um, US dollars going to be spent, and will it be spent optimally, or are we going to see ourselves um, 12 months from now having burnt all of this cash and with our SOEs in a bigger mess? and South Africa approaching that deadly 60% um, 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 of GDP um, level of indebtedness. Okay, cool. So that's been us with our, our financial expert, that's uh, Lebo Pasha, uh, giving us a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And he was uh, letting us know about the higher than expected inflation that uh, came out today out of uh, Stats SA together with an update on uh, the banking sector strike uh, that's actually been interdicted today from the Labour Court. And then uh, lastly, giving us a roundup of uh, uh, the South African government being able uh, to to raise and have its most successful eurobond sale ever uh, raising about 5 billion US dollars so that's been it on the other side of this we tell you the state of your 100 rand in our buffalo index turn up turn up, turn up your volume it's our birthday month the buffalo index on the business bus
Welcome back. This is the business buzz, and uh, it's time for us to get into um, uh, the Buffalo Index. So, the Buffalo Index is the part of the show where we give you a roundup of your 100 rand. It's where we try to see what 100 rand can do for you in your life. And since today we are with someone who provides consulting services uh, to the world, we decided to go and uh, look for uh, some of the most uh, expensive consultancy fees um in in uh, at the moment per hour yeah. yes and uh, we actually have uh, i think i'll start from the back you know let's let's, let's just keep it you know pg sure. <laughs> uh, at number 5 uh, price waterhouse coopers pwc is uh, coming in at uh, 68 buffaloes an hour that's 6800 rand um and then at uh, number 4 you have Bain, uh, Bain and Company, uh, that is a, a management consultant uh, uh, company, and they are charging 71 buffaloes per hour. And then at number three, uh, that's uh, Boston Consulting Group, BCG, and they are, you know, it's a young one at about 75 buffaloes at around 7,500 rand an hour. At number two, you have... Uh, one of the biggest consultants in the world, uh, probably the biggest uh, auditing firm in the world, that's Deloitte. And uh, their consulting is coming in at around 78 buffaloes uh, per hour. And then at number one, uh, it, it's quite a gap, you know, because, you know, between uh, between four and five, it's a couple of buffaloes, uh, three and four, same, three and two, all that. But between one and two, there's, there's the, you even change the digits. You know, we're not talking triple digit buffalo numbers because McKinsey will set you back 110 buffaloes an hour. That is 11,000 rand an hour. Is this how much you're charging? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, I deal mostly with uh, small businesses, so uh-huh. that that pricing metrics doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I just had to check. I just had to <laughs> check. Uh, but anyway, that's been it in terms of our Buffalo Index. Uh, as you heard, you know, Kanyisil is telling us he, he doesn't charge that much. You know, so if you're interested in um, in his business to know, you know, perhaps what his pricing structure looks like or what he considers, uh, you, you can definitely make sure you keep uh, listening because in a few minutes we're going to be talking to him. He is our brand new heavy. Uh, so keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. We just came from giving you our Buffalo Index together with our business wrap. It's time for us to get into uh, the main part of this evening. Uh, but before we get into all that, remember that on Facebook we are VFM, that's Voice of Vits. And you can also find our other Facebook page that is uh, Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter we're at VFM and then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into that main topic. As I said at the start of the show, uh, it is the last Thursday of September 2019, which means once again uh, we are celebrating a young person in South Africa who is doing the things in uh, their particular field of endeavor. And uh, today uh, we are happy and privileged to have uh, Kanisile uh, Madonko. I need to ask something, you know, yes. as I'm introducing you, because I noticed that on Forbes they say Madonko uh, Derezina. Derezina. Yes. So is it, is it double barrel? Are we? 
Well, unofficially so, yeah. uh, but officially, uh, Madonko is my real surname. Yeah. Uh, it forms part of my identity. Yeah. However, I never got the chance to actually be identified as such because my father was an exile. Yeah. Um, for a significant portion of t- uh, of th- a significant portion of time. Yeah. So when he returned to Zimbabwe, he came back uh, under an alias. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Nderazina is what uh, is officially on the papers, yeah. but I'm born in Madongo. Okay, cool. Yes. So he is the founder and executive director of uh, Sakile uh, Madongo Enterprises, and we're going to be talking to him, uh, just picking his brain around, uh, you know, how he got on this Forbes list <laughs> and, uh, you know, or what other Forbes lists he wants to get onto. Because yeah. the thing about Forbes, they have many lists, eh? They do. You know? <laughs> they do. They're billionaire lists, they're cash king lists, yeah. you know. So, you know, we'll be talking to him to just find out what he uh, is looking out for his life. So just as a bit of a, you know, introduction, yes. um, tell us, you know, the story you you've given us a, a, a little bit a of a preview yeah. uh, you know with the, how the surname came to be about yeah. but for you you know how did that uh, how did you end up as an yeah um i was born and raised in zimbabwe Bulawayo. um we yeah i think I've, I've always come from an entrepreneurial family uh, entrepreneurial by circumstance not by choice mm. um my mom and dad uh, my dad used to make chalk Uh, at home my mom used to cook sweets Um, the sweets that we made were made from brown sugar uh, cream of tartar vanilla essence and I'm trying to think of the recipe yeah Uh, and yeah there was something else that that they oh food coloring so I think that's when it uh, that's where it's banned from you know I used to see my parents hustle so hard Uh, at the time both of them were teachers so teachers don't earn much at home yeah unfortunately so I used to make sweets with my mom and dad. I was uh, from the age of 11 to about 13. Mm. And I think my first proper encounter with uh, entrepreneurship was when I was uh, 13 years old because then I started seeing the matrices of how the business uh, worked effectively. And then uh, growing up, I was just uh, the black sheep. I, I think I never dreamed of uh, the typical career that that my peers dreamt of so they just wanted you know what i want to pass i want to be a doctor or pilot but uh, there was now they didn't seem to want money and i think <laughs> as a kid who grew up in a township i always dreamt that look i need to be the guy who's driven in a nice car i need to be i need to show my peers that there's more to life than just working for someone else yeah yeah and that was it so do you, ju- do you judge people that don't want money um i've i've stopped wanting money surprisingly oh wow, okay. I'm, I'm now focused on impact i, I think uh from impact you derive value mm. and of course if you sell high impact you actually then make the money but the focus is the the, the core is not the money anymore okay yeah so i don't judge people that <laughs> but the money is still gonna money. come the money comes the money comes <laughs> but the money is an incentive yeah uh for what you do it's not necessarily the core Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I just needed to clarify. Yes. You know that one. <laughs> uh, and I understand that there was a Thai business once upon a time. Uh, yes. I, unfortunately, our listeners can't, you know, see, you know, into yeah. the studio. Well, I mean, I'm live. No, so he, he's, he's live. You know, for those that that want to uh, find him on social yeah. media. Yeah. Uh, is, what's the handle? 
at Kanyisile Matonko. You can just tune in, uh, go on live, yeah. uh, because the man is well-dressed, <laughs> you know, so I can believe he used Thank to sell tires once you. upon a time. Yes. Uh, what happened with that business? Uh, it, it's still there. Mm. So where it came from was when I moved to South Africa in 2014, Mm. Uh, I moved here February 2014 in April there was a guy I was reading a book about mentorship yeah. there was a guy lo- I used to look up to a lot and he was in the fashion industry so I looked up to the guy so much I wrote him an email one time uh, it was around April mid-April and he responded to the email two weeks later he's um, one of I think the most significant and probably most successful stylist in South Africa. Okay. And I worked under him for about two years because I thought I was really keen and interested in fashion. Mm. So that was a journey for myself to really discover myself. Mm. So after I left his company, I went back as his consultant. But um, I, I, I believe in the notion of cash flow when you develop a business. And you'll find that um, the way we structure businesses is long, uh, short-term, mid-term, and long-term. The short-term being your immediate cash flow uh, type infrastructure. So the Thai business was that for me. Mm-hmm. I needed to, I think as an entrepreneur, you need to eat. So the short-term was that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I guess I need to ask, where did yeah. you go to school? Uh, I Here at Vits. Uh, I was, I was, yeah, yeah. And before that? Um, in Zim. So I went to John Tullock High School, yeah. uh, John Tullock Secondary, yeah. as it was, uh, for my O-levels. Then I went to Matopo High School yeah. for A-levels. Okay. Yeah. And and in the, what's it called, in the high school years, yes. were, there, were there ventures, hustles, businesses? There were a lot of ventures. Um, <laughs> so my dad likes to say that uh, my first encounter with entrepreneurship was very unorthodox uh-huh. because it was a bribery business. Uh, um, I was Did you just say it was a bribery business? Let, 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 me, clar- let I, me clarify. Okay. Let me clarify. Give me this business so model as, for as, bribery. As a prefect, um, I was known to, a primary school prefect, uh, yeah. I was known to, I was known to have the toughest punishments. Yes. Uh, so what happened was we couldn't afford the nice food. I went to a private school, primary school. Yeah. So we couldn't afford the food that other people came with to school yes you know we didn't have tuck shop money because yeah. our parents were trying to maintain the school fees in that school so the inspiration really came from they used to make this i don't know if you know skunda moya uh-uh. it's it's a type of bread that you bake yourself at home yeah. and then our helper at the time tried to add food coloring so it would look green it was odd yeah and you know people would laugh at you and yeah it was just a mess so the inspiration for me to run that uh, unorthodox business was yeah. My brother couldn't, my younger brother, who was at the kindergarten in the same school, couldn't really carry that kind of food to school. Mm. So I'd then ask you, do you want me to punish you or are you going to incentivize me uh-huh. by punishing you? Uh-huh. And I, uh, in, in what I know to be scaling now, I scaled <laughs> that business <laughs> to the extent that... Um, to the extent that there was a significant portion of money by the time I was caught. And uh, my I parents see. had to okay. settle the amount. But um, So you identified a, a business problem. Yeah. Then yeah. you came up with a business strategy around yes, this problem. <laughs> and then you executed this strategy. I had to execute the strategy. Because, you know, kids don't want to get punished. Yes. 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 You know. I mean, I had a really tough punishment. Uh. Uh, one of my best was I had a pile of stones <laughs> by a tree and you'd carry those stones mm. and take them to the ground during yes. break time. Yeah. 
while people are eating, you are carrying piece by piece, taking them there. Yes. Once you finish the pile there, mm. you take my pile back to where you took it from. You understand? So people didn't like I am that. enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then, and then that was, so that was, so that was, that was the unorthodox end. Yeah. Uh, first trek to when I was about 14, mm. I met uh, two guys. Uh, their company was called Ducks Products. Yeah. Um, I couldn't, they made beautiful denim. They, I think it's some of the best denim I've ever worn in my life. Mm. I couldn't afford to buy it. So my proposition to them was, look, I go to a boarding school and I think if I wear your jean once or twice somewhere, you're bound to get a few clients. So like influencer marketing. Well, uh, yes, as, as we know it today. Yes. As we know it today. And yeah. This was before like, the gram. Yeah, I was, I was really stylish as a uh. kid. I'd like to think I was, I was a cool kid. As they used to call <laughs> us uh, back in the day, I used to wear sneakers and uh, jeans and uh, whatnot. Uh. So I, was, I, was, I think I was really stylish. Uh. So they, they said, you know what, let's give it a run and let's see. Um, we did that. I was with them from when I was 14 to about, uh, up until when I was 16. Then in my A-levels, fun fact, when I left them, they had actually, I was always concerned about how the business functions, even when I didn't know that I'm actually looking at the business processes and I'm looking at how you're managing the business. I was always concerned about maybe let's put money here, maybe let's do this. And we wore skinny jeans when skinny jeans weren't a thing in Zimbabwe. Mm. We, wore, we, we were color blocking when color blocking wasn't a thing in the country. Mm. By the time people caught on to the wave, we were way past that. Mm. Then uh, in A-level, so we used to wear these really hipster-type uh, pants. Yes. But my uncle, so I come from a family of tailors. My uncle's a tailor, and he used to then make my pants. Yeah. And he'd just put a fake label there by the back to make it look like uh. I bought the pants. So a lot of guys would then ask me, where did you get your pants? And I'd say to them, no, I've, I've got a supplier. And my deal with the uncle was then, you charge $2.50, $2.50 to tailor pants. They bring their own fabric. So I will charge $3.50. And the dollar's mine. Yeah. Yeah, and that ran throughout the course of my A-levels. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, entrepreneurship. <laughs> entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. It, it, because it starts young, but one of the things I really want to understand is after yeah. that, you then find yourself at Vits. Yes. Right? Mm. And I understand that uh, the journey at Vits wasn't a linear journey. No, it wasn't. It didn't go from beginning to end. Yeah. It sort of went, it yeah. stopped, started again. It's perhaps continuing yes you know how what happened there um so just before i came to vits i took a gap year school uh from school i worked as a teacher then i worked as a voting um as a voter officer uh for the 2013 elections in zim then i was a referendum officer as well but i realized that that wasn't tailored for me yeah. so i then left teaching I focused more on co-curricular. Now, moving, in, uh, moving to South Africa, I realized that when I got, I got 12 points for my A-levels. So the immediate thing was, you've done well. Um, you should pursue a professional degree. And the best thing that I could get was LLB. Mm. So when I was accepted, even though, honestly, since I was a kid, I wasn't interested in the typical education infrastructure. I'm an avid reader, but I... I wasn't really interested. So when I came to VITS, I excelled in first year, failed only one subject. Second year, I didn't fail anything. Third year, I did fairly well. And then as you grow older, I think you also mature and you realize that there is no time to waste. You can't pursue a dream that's not yours. 
You know, there's, there's, um, I wasn't passionate enough about the law. And I'm not one to pursue passion. Um, I believe in doing what needs to be done. Mm. But at that point in time, I realized that law school was sort of a waste of my personal time. Mm. I, I needed because I was already in business and I was trying to build this business. I had been working full time since first year. So I was trying to get into this business world, but juggling between the two worlds was an easy thing. So, oh, okay. There's something I need to understand. If yes. you're saying that you, what's the words I'm looking for? Yeah. If you're saying that you believe in doing what needs to be done and not yes. necessarily pursuing a passion, yeah. how did you decide which business to start? Um, so, like you said, the ties. Yeah. When I started working, and I think I was lucky enough to actually have access to someone who was uh, doing exceptionally well in the fashion industry because I thought I wanted to be in fashion. I thought I wanted to be a stylist and, you know, all these uh, glamorous uh, camera lights, action type stuff. Mm. Um, but I was exposed to the industry and I was always inclined to then look at what are we doing with the money? How can we improve our service? How can we improve uh, the customer experience? Uh, how can we be more profitable? Mm. And by the time I think I was uh, one year, six months into the job, the guy shifted me from being uh, an assistant consultant to him to focusing on management. You know, he was saying, look at how we can improve the business. Look at how we can make more money. And you don't know the jargon at the time. So you're just looking at, okay, most people are buying this particular fabric. So yeah. let's invest more money into this fabric. This is the style that's being bought. So let's speak to the suppliers. Let's invest more money into that. Yeah. Um, so how did I come into realizing I, that uh, I wanted to get into this kind of business? Mm. It was really, I stumbled upon it. I won't <laughs> lie to you and say yeah. I, I knew what I was. When I started the company, it wasn't even management consulting. Yeah. It was business development. Yeah. Because... All I knew was I wanted to make businesses work better. Yeah. I didn't know that there was something called management consulting. I didn't know that there were strategy uh, consultants out there. So I just got into business development. Okay. We are in studio uh, with uh, Kanyisile Amadonko. He is our brand new heavy for the month of September. Uh, just getting some uh, background information, uh, some, some interesting businesses that yeah. have been started along the way. Yeah. Uh, we've literally gone from uh, kindergarten all the way <laughs> uh, to, 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 you know, sort of university. Yeah. There was a Thai business. There was a... Uh, community utility business along the way <laughs> you know there and he's just telling us uh, the fact that uh, he doesn't necessarily uh, believe in chasing a passion but rather yeah. um, just doing what needs to be done identifying a problem and trying to find a solution to that so we're just going to take a quick break and then on the other side of this we'll be back this is the business buzz you're tuned in to the business buzz, business buzz. Welcome back. This is the Business Buzz. Remember that you can join in the conversation. Let us know your thoughts uh, on our brand new heavy. On Facebook, we are VARFM. That's Voice of Vits. Our other Facebook page is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VARFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. So we're in studio with uh, Kanyisile Madonko, who is our brand new heavy for the month of September. And before the break, he was just letting us know a little bit about his life, where he began 
man. And uh, right now, you know, we had sort of uh, ended the story um, at around the Vitz days. Uh, so, you know, just picking up from there, you know, has being on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, has it changed your life, one? Yeah. And two, how did you actually end up on that list? Um, so I'll start with how did I end up there? Yeah. Um, so in 2017, I decided I was not the perfect person to lead the company. Yeah. Uh, so I relinquished um, the CEO position to phenomenal woman, uh, my life partner, Itumeleng Mahato. And she's been playing the, uh, the CEO um, position and she's been overseeing the strategic development of the company yeah. uh, as far as clients and all that. Um, but uh, I, I then became the executive director focusing primarily on uh, the venture side of things, but also heading up the consultancy. Yeah. So we, I think the consultancy started off as, like I said, as a business development consultancy. And we sooner than, yeah, we, we, we realized that uh, we weren't really business development. Um, it was too broad. We were management consultants and that's mm -hmm. what we we're trying to do, but we're, niching it particularly for small businesses yeah um so she nominated me for the forbes 30 under 30 without me knowing and i think three months later two months later i receive an email hi you've been shortlisted um for the forbes 30 under 30 would like uh, your audited financial statements um a motivational letter as to why you should be there and a tax clearance certificate and a few other documents that they required. Yeah. I sent those through and yeah, it was very anxious. <laughs> I was very anxious. Um, so later on a reply comes back and someone is like, uh, we've assessed your company. Uh, we were in partnership with Grant Thornton, uh, SNG Grant Thornton, mm. and they re-audited the company and you have the potential of actually scaling it but we also look at people who have the potential of being uh with 200 million us dollars and above mm. and based on your business's trajectory um and its past we believe that you are such a person ah. uh yeah. there's that money <laughs> <laughs> so after i think the auditing they then said yeah you've been shortlisted for the business category yeah and everything has been done uh and yeah then the announcement, I mean, I knew about two, three weeks before, mm. but the announcement was officially on the 28th of June. Mm. Uh, that was a dope, I think it was great. Then um, has it changed my life? It's given me access. All right. It's given me better Doors access. Doors are opening. Doors are opening. The sky uh, seems bluer. It's, it's, yo, it's, <laughs> you don't understand. So what happens is when you start a business, there are those people that you ideally want to work with. Yes. Those people seldom listen to you as a startup. Mm. So um, the big thing for me was knowing that I could reapproach those people and chances are they would open those doors for me. I mean, I met one of the guys I had approached for an investment when I started the company and it was really investing in, I needed resources. I didn't need money. Yep. And at the time he was like, no, I, I don't derive value from your business, which I understand because I myself did not understand the business model. Mm. But uh, fast track this year, he's the one who texted me and he's like, uh, let's grab a coffee. Mm. Let's talk about how you intend to change Africa. That Those were his words. And I realized that the conversation was more level-headed because we were now speaking 
on the same level. Yes. It wasn't a kid who's trying to start a business but doesn't fully understand the business yes, model. Yes, so yes. it has, it has. I think, on a personal note, it's validating mm. because Forbes is like this big thing. Yep. My best friend will tell you that I always said I'd be on Forbes at 25. And it happened. So it's, it's, it's validating that entrepreneurship is no piece of cake. It's not as glamorous as people portray it on social media. Mm. You understand? So for all those hard times and those hardships, it actually then tells you that, look, you're on the right path. It might not be great right now, but you'll, you'll do well. And I think on the on, on, on the business end, it just opens up the necessary doors and the relevant doors and it grants you the ear opening. If I if you don't mind me asking, what led you said her name is? Itumeleng. Uh what led her to actually nominate you? I know you said she didn't tell you, but yes. why why do you think she because it seems like such a chance <laughs> occurrence, you know what I mean? Yes. Um so I think she knows uh, me for the entrepreneur I am yes. uh, purely and wholly uh, because uh, I have a mind that grinds I think at least 18 hours a day yeah. and she has experienced it because even in her own endeavors I'm always the guy who then look at the semantics how will this business work yeah. you understand and so for that and I started the company I founded the company I, I, I'm, I'm the person who was at the forefront of its development and I'm overly optimistic mm. I think that was it she just felt maybe you need a reward for what you've been doing and the endurance so far because I won't lie to you it's hard bu- uh, building a business in a country where it, you, you're not indigenous so to say okay yeah so one of the things you mentioned earlier on was the fact that you started this business. You said in your first year, right? Yes. When was that? How long has the business been running? So and the, because we yes. are a business show. Yes. Are you guys in the black? What's the black? Are you guys profitable? <laughs> um, so I started the business unofficially mm. uh, in 2014. Didn't know what I was doing. That's why I went to work for Linda. Um, officially registered the company in 2015. Yeah. Uh, my then partner, Luntu, good friend of mine, great businessman. Uh, we got into the business together. Initially, the as you can see that it's termed enterprises. I've always been interested in being a multifaceted type business. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to create many businesses, hence the venture creation end of the business. Yeah. Um, are we profitable? Yes, we are. Okay. No, no, I'm just checking, just Quite. checking, because you know, you know, in this current environment, especially yes. um, when you look at um, some of the trends with some really big startups around yes. the world. Look at what's happened with WeWork. Yes, you have this crazy forty-seven billion dollar, <laughs> you know, valuation yes. that someone literally just thumb sucked. Yeah, yet they are not making any money, and mm-hmm. you're just wondering, like was there yeah and for people that might not understand what you mean by you know multifaceted and management consulting what do you actually do on a daily basis like what actually happens like in the course of you doing business business okay uh so a big portion of our work on the management consulting end is we focus on uh, a few very important things Mm. one helping businesses become more profitable. So it might be a business that looks to make more money or it might be a business that's stagnating. So we employ certain mechanisms. It might be strategy, so strategically positioning it. It might be R&D or it might be product development. Uh, We help those small... So those are your 
small businesses that uh, have surpassed the three-year curse so they are not really <laughs> on the verge of failure. i like how you call the three-year curse yeah, yeah, yeah. so they, they they don't they they are past the potential of failing mm. and they are performing so some of them just want to scale and mm. make more money or some of them have been maybe making five million for the past three years and they just want to know why uh they're making five million co- uh consecutively over three years and then the other end of it is consulting with startups so we focus for startups we focus primarily on the youth demography we're working with uh the development and leadership unit at vits and we have a consulting office there where we drive entrepreneurial initiatives mm-hmm. so we this year we launched an accelerator program called the entrepreneurs with purpose awp mm-hmm. that focuses on helping uh the youth so penultimate year and graduate startups gain access to market gain access to funding opportunities but also just viability how do we assess your uh business idea and how do we take it from ideation to commercialization yeah so that's predominantly what we do on a daily basis so we focus on profitability um viability scaling and yeah commercializing the business Okay. Yeah. So what does the future of the business look like? Um so on the venture creation end, uh we have a few uh other companies that are or subsidiaries that are under the company, uh gentlemanly, which is I think disrupting the suit industry. Uh holistically. It started off as the uh Thai business, hence ah, I was saying it, it, the, it it's not dead, it just oh, developed. Okay. Yeah. So it's disrupting that. It's more on the network marketing end. Yeah. Um there's a product that we're developing with a company based in Shanghai. Yeah. So that's gonna launch I think mid sometime mid next year. Mm. Uh we just launched a virtual assistance uh business because we realized that one of the reasons why small businesses fail, particularly startups and your entry level small businesses, is because they fail to perform the administrative purpose. Yeah. So FE ways which is uh, which stands for efficient ways is a virtual assistance business. You get a a business manager of sorts mm-hmm. at the fraction of a price you'd pay for a personal assistant. Yeah. And yeah, they help you with all your admin and yeah, what not. And then we've got we we were in restorating at some point in time. But um what I want to focus on I was in Zimbabwe recently is opening up opportunities for women run entities or so black women run entities uh in the manufacturing agro processing and agriculture and mining sectors. Mm. Yeah, so we want to open opportunities for black owned biz- black women owned businesses yeah. and um link them with the, uh, with opportunities in South Africa, Zimbabwe and the rest of the Sadc region. Okay, cool. Yes. Before we take uh, a break. Yes. What are you reading at the moment? What am I currently reading? I'm rereading The Intelligent Investor. Ah. It's, it's my favorite book. That yeah. is uh, Graham. Yeah, it's uh, Benjamin Graham. Benjamin yeah. Graham, okay. Yeah. Why? Um, because I've always been for the notion of value investing. Mm. Uh, I think we, we as a people, particularly the black community, uh, lack in understanding what value investing is. Mm. I'm not really... I'm I'm fairly big on stock investing but I think it broadens your mindset uh, mm-hmm. beyond the scope of just investing in stock but how to invest in Although, a manner that you derive actual value mm-hmm. in anything so mm-hmm. maybe real estate it may be a company mm-hmm. you understand so the principle is what I'm looking for and I always it, I believe it's a manual so I always revisit the principles time and time again best book you've read The richest man in Babylon. Ah. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. So we're just going to take one break. We are in studio with our brand new heavy. Uh, can you see Leo? We're just going to take a break. And then on the other side of this, we come to the end of the show. This is the Business Buzz. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. This is the Business Buzz. Uh, we are almost at the end of today's episode. We're in studio uh, with uh, Kanyisile Madonko, who is our brand new heavy for this month. And uh, he was, uh, we've, we sort of run through the life now. <laughs> you know, we started we started young. Yes. You know, we started from primary school days, ended up at Vits, and then getting into the business world. He's been in business for five years now. Yes. Um, and he's just giving us that journey. Uh, so... On the business buzz, our tradition, uh, one one thing we ask all our brand new heavies yeah. is, what do you want your legacy to be? What do I want my legacy to be? Mm. Yeah. That's such a powerful question. See that silence? Yeah. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, development, uh, yeah. impact-driven uh, entrepreneurship, yeah. um, and legacy entrepreneurship, yeah. so to say the list. I, I, I believe I don't work for myself, but I work for the generations to come. Mm. And hence, I mean, if you had asked me the same question twenty, uh, when I was 21 years old, I would have said to you, look, I want them to know that I had a helicopter, and a jet, <laughs> and a Rolls Royce. But now it's the alleviation of poverty. Mm. Um, I one day want to start the Madonko Foundation, which will focus on alleviating poverty uh, and eradicating people, the number of people living on the streets. Mm. Yeah. So. As you heard it, that's been our brand new heavy. He wants um, to live beyond just himself. Yeah. He's talking about uh, an evolution in his values. Yes. You know, back in the day, he wanted to be Mr. Bling Bling. He wanted people to know <laughs> that he has arrived yeah. with his car and his helicopter. But now uh, it's about value. It's about impact yeah. and actually eradicating poverty. And he wants to have uh, his own foundation one day. It's been a very interesting uh, conversation. You know, this seems like a very uh, level-headed young man uh, that we're dealing with and i definitely hope uh that you're gonna go you know on to you know bigger and better lists one day yes. you know today is a 30 under 30 for all we know one day you might be on that top list that billionaires uh that billionaires list uh making that impact yes and actually you know creating that value so definitely yeah it's been a good one something that really um stuck out to me is just the fact that um where he said he doesn't believe in doing something just because of passion, but rather doing things because they need to be, they just, you know, they just need to be done. And it actually reminded me of, uh, it's a saying, it's uh, Denzel Washington, and it's in, I think the movie was called uh, The Great Debaters, and he says... um, we do the things that we have to do so that we can do the things that we want to do. You know, (laughs) So it definitely reminds me of that in such a big way. Mm. So we definitely hope that you prosper in future. How can people who want to perhaps get into business with you or either engage with you, perhaps you have a newsletter or something, um, people that want to engage with you, how can they get in touch? Um, I'd first of all say chances are if you follow our new endeavor, Legal Accounting, Mm. you'll definitely have caught my eye. But beyond that, my details are everywhere. Uh, I'm not one to, I believe in uh, collective uh, development. So... You go onto my Instagram, my details are there. You go onto my Twitter, 
Facebook, it's the same thing. So do reach out and let's chat. Okay, cool. Yes, and then uh, something else. This is just uh, you know just uh, just a curiosity. Yes. What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Um, look, I, <laughs> I read. Yeah. I enjoy reading. Yeah. I am an amateur golf handy. Oh, okay, cool. So I play golf. Um, not regularly though. Yeah. It's, it's it's a timeless thing. Uh, but mostly a nice glass of wine, a nice cigar. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. The finer things. <laughs> just just treat just, yourself. Yeah. Just yeah, to treat myself. Relax, you know, in the chill. backyard, yeah. just sit and enjoy nature. Okay, yeah. cool. So thank you so much. That's been it uh, for today's show. Thank you so much. You can get in touch with us. Let us know uh, of what you thought about our conversation. You know, were you inspired as much as uh, we were in studio? Let us know on Facebook. We have VFM, that's Voice of Vits. And you can also find our other Facebook page, that's Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag Business Bus. And then remember that uh, podcasts of the Business Bus show are available on vits.journalism.co.za. Uh, forward slash business so with that we've come to the end of uh, tonight's show uh, thank you so much to our amazing team our technical producer is Kotlano Serame together uh, with our executive producers that's Simba Honde uh, Glory Mabuza uh, together with our producers uh, Lonobo Sichebi and uh, Ntando Timba thank you so much once again, uh, to everyone who was listening, uh, you definitely make sure you don't turn that dial because uh, the Vits Radio is a 24-hour uh, radio station. On the other side of this, we're going to be having um, Living Electro. Uh, so don't miss the business, but same time, same place next week uh, for more insight into the world of business. Remember that uh, the business bus is sponsored by ABSA. So for myself, Mudio Mob, Justice Gavaza, and the rest of the team, it's a good evening and take care the, the business buzz the business buzz podcast